So I guess this part is pretty exciting for all of us because we've got one of um, Shano's old teammates, Mark Williams, who's about to join us. Shane, before we, we do our old trick where we like to ring the people so we can hear the phone ringing when, when we get them on the program, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, your experience with, with Choco and how you guys have stayed friends, I guess, since, the, since your playing days. Um, yeah, well, I met Choco in 1983 when I first went to Collingwood. Um, chalk and cheese in a lot of ways. He's got nice tan skin. I've got no tan skin. I'm very, very white. I was very quiet and he's very loud. Um, and very direct, whereas I'm not that. Uh, but somehow, opposites attract. Sometimes like our wives, I think. We look at our wives and then shit, how do we end up with that? Uh, and Chico and I have been great mates ever since. So, what's that, 37 years? Uh, being friends, uh, wedding parties together and all that sort of stuff. So, seeing our kids grow up. So, we've had a close connection and, yeah, we separated in, so to speak, at the end of 86. He, uh, he got the arse from Lee. You end up at the Brisbane Bears in 1987. So, but we've we've stayed in contact ever since up to today, actually. So it's been a great relationship, great friendship. So um, one we both value for each other. So it's great for him to be on tonight's show, mm. Turtle. So, so you you first met him as your captain. You yep. walked into the club and he was captain there. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Great leader. Great person. So we'll uh, explore some of that stuff. Um, with him when we get him on the line. Just tell me, um, in terms of um, some of the things that we have said that we wanted to focus on with, with the podcast, specifically mental health and, uh, I guess, resilience and connection, uh, and they're some of the things that we want to have a chat to to Choco about. Actually, it feels strange. I don't think I can call him Choco. I think I'll have to call him well, Mark until well, the... No, um, for the for the do-gooders out there who might think we're politically incorrect, you know why his name is Choco. Do you know why his name is Choco, Shane? It's, according to Wikipedia, it's because of his love for chocolate ice cream as a kid. It's not because of the colour of his skin. So that's on the record. Well, actually, I don't know if that's true or not. The worth well, asking that. We can validate whether Mr Wikipedia has actually got that right. Yeah. Um, Troy, that might be one of the, um, the opportunities for you to ask me. told Mr Wikipedia that's, uh, that's the case. Well, that is what Wikipedia black, says. Black curly hair and he had uh, nice brown skin, so... Who knows? I'd hate for us to get negative feedback on our Twitter well, handle well, about being racist it. because we can... we're not. He's been known as Choco since 1976. We can find well, that, was out. Before, that predates his AFL days, clearly. West Adelaide he was back then, mm-hmm. in 1976. Had a nice West little um, mm-hmm. Mr Whippy van out the front, mate. Is West Adelaide, Adelaide, 76 to 78, and then Port Adelaide, 79, 80, and then post Collingwood back mm. there again in 90 to 90. What his old man thought about that being at West Adelaide. Well, so we, Foss, I guess, Foss Williams, a, yeah, a legend of South Australian football. So in maybe, fact, maybe we yeah. AFL really. Yeah. So maybe we get him on the on the line, Shano, um, and and you can um, let's get the conversation yeah, rolling. Absolutely, beautiful. Hello, Choco. Who's this? Oh, you're very funny. You know. You weren't great with jokes, were you? I spoke about this to you, with you today. You're not a funny man. <laughs> so, uh, mate, uh, hey, thanks so for joining us. I'm an absolute hilarious clown. Yeah, well, no I don't really recall you mentioning one or saying one joke in any team meeting in the years you're captain at Collingwood, mate. No, I'm a very serious man. Very yeah, you serious. are very serious. So, have you ever cracked a joke with anyone? Uh, no, I, I don't in talk, coaching, I don't that is, in coaching the AFL. Or VFL. No, I don't do that. No, exactly. I didn't think so. So, mate, hey, thanks for your time. Uh, you've got the turtle and the tex here. Hello, uh, Choco. Hey, boys, how are you going? Well, Hello, yourself? So, mate... Um, you, uh, social distancing? Absolutely. We are. Yeah. We are. Yeah, 1.5 metres apart right now. Yeah, you guys are probably from those areas, are you? We're total lockdown? Um, no, we're in queue at the moment. Uh, Don't worry, mate, just let everyone know where I live. <laughs> I didn't give an address. Queue's a big place. Sackville Street? Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite, Mark. I feel very uncomfortable calling you Choco. It wasn't, well, based on what's going on these days, very much so. Just think very carefully about calling me that. So, I just want to clarify uh, how you got that nickname because there's some, some questions about how you did actually obtain the nickname. Uh, 
So can you just clear that up for our listeners, which there's plenty of them? Uh, look, I just got uh, dark skin and people were racist and started calling it, and you've been calling that ever, ever since, Shane. So you should be uh, called out for it right now. <laughs> is that true? Is that true, Mark? According to Wikipedia, it makes some reference to liking chocolate ice creams as a kid. And I'm not making that up. Well, that was in my research today. Is that just rubbish? Uh, no, that's true. Yeah, I was nah. say, they said you <laughs> hijacked the Mister Whippy van, mate. Uh, well, thanks for clarifying that, mate. That's as thick as mud now. So I don't know which one to believe. So. Uh, we'll call was, Mr. Uh, Wikipedia a bit later, uh, right? I went to school with a guy that played at West Adelaide uh, with me and uh, Mark um, Mark Wiedemann. And when I went to Collingwood, um, that that particular name got taken by, uh, over by Mark Wiedemann. And that's how it stuck. But uh, I, I, honestly, I don't really uh, uh, refer to myself as Choco. You know, people call me that's okay, but I call myself Mark. So that's okay. So we'll, we'll call you Mark. Yeah, we'll uh, call you Mark for the rest of this interview. And Shane, you can call Mark whatever you and Mark agree that Mark can call you. <laughs> In fact, you we've know, got Shane's it. my best man at my wedding, don't you? You know how many times he talks about that, Mark? Who got married first, just out of interest? Well, what, the first or the second time for Shane? <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we, uh, as I said, yeah, our... our um, Natalie's not listening to this, is she? No, she, well, she, she may listen to it. I hope she's she, I hope she's she subscribed does. to the podcast, Mark. Um, she's, uh, she's actually getting the gender balance right for us. We, we do need some female listeners, so uh, we've, we've made sure all of our respective wives and partners are listening. Hi to all of them, and uh, <laughs> you all deserve medals. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yours, mate. Yours was uh, had a birthday, celebrated a birthday yesterday, so hopefully you looked after her. Uh, yes, yes. I know you're pretty good at that. Uh, look, uh, got up early, went down the shops, got some uh, flowers, uh, a coffee, brought them home. So before, say, 8.30, I, I had uh, a tick next to my name, so that was a good start. And then uh, out for breakfast and... And a nice afternoon, uh, tea at home with all the, uh, all the, uh, the children. You're uh, just the, the best, you and, big uh, suck. Vertical. God. Well, so, well done, mate. I know Paulina appreciate it, so well done. So would that be because you've got a bit of extra time on your hands at the moment um, because of all the delays that have been happening with the VFL and COVID-19 and, and all of that? Um, it's probably a good segue to maybe ask you a little bit about what's happening in your space um, in, that, in that area. Well, actually, it's, it's quite interesting. I, I know everyone will be uh, looking straight away to my LinkedIn uh, LinkedIn site, but uh, I just actually posted today. I looked at it, and uh, I think it was, uh, it was March the 26th I wrote an article, and uh, I had some friends at the Herald Sun, and I said, listen, I want to write something because uh, this is an uh, important time, and I kind of understand teams and groups and, and young men and uh, young people and how they react under uh, different circumstances. And they thought I uh, wanted to get paid, but no, I was actually uh, uh, doing it uh, because I thought I had a message for people. And uh, anyway, they, they printed it. One of the things I talked about was, you know, people need to have uh, some sort of um, organisation in their lives and know that they are looking forward to something and... And, uh, you know, if it's a whole lot of void, you need to be able to fill it. So I suggested that, uh, you know, you need to go out and uh, see if you can connect with people and help people. And so I actually posted, uh, you know, a few hours ago that uh, since that time, I actually thought, well, there's no point in saying it to everyone else and not doing it myself. So I've done about 40 different uh, um, workshops or, uh, you know, helps for businesses and uh, sporting clubs all for free just because... uh, not only does it entertain me, it's great for them and it makes me feel better at the end. And uh, So it keeps your mind busy and I think all of those things, it's a plus for everyone. So um, um, <clears throat> so that's what I've been doing. So, uh, you know, if I have spare time, it'll be, uh, right, what else can I do? And uh, whether I'm getting paid for it or not, I'm, I'm interested in uh, being busy and, uh, you know, innovating, looking for some new ideas and uh, new opportunities and, you know, it's, um, it's great to see, uh, you know, get on the internet, you know, via Zoom. You know, I just finished a, 
hour and a half meeting with the coaches that were be talking about getting back into the uh, into the practice of um, you know, four weeks' time we're supposed to be playing. What are we going to do? How, what are the, we can't start competitive training for another two weeks. Uh, how are we going to uh, have the players in the best position they can be? And you know, we've, we've probably got 15 players that all hope to get drafted now. You know, maybe two or three might, but uh, 15 are intending to. So they they see this seven game season as absolute vital, and we need to give them the best opportunity to uh, show their uh, their best form. So, Mark, being that teacher, teaching background, you obviously like to see people and, and not just speak to them on the phone but through video. Um, have you learned much personally, because you've got a lot of experience with leadership and, and people, have you learned much about leadership in the last two months? Or have you just reiterated what you always knew to be true? Uh, look, I, I think... Uh... You know, you probably saw a lot more of the people, their dark side, you know, feeling uh, feeling lonely, feeling uh, um, apathetic and almost uh, they've lost their uh, zest for life. And, you know, within groups, you, you usually see one or two, but uh, you could find a lot, lot more of those. And, and to be able to reflect on, uh, you know, the difficulties they're going through, um, it, it's difficult for people to open up, but... Uh, yeah, if you've built relationships and you've got a, a belief and trust in each other, it's amazing uh, the things that people will uh, will uh, connect and uh, allow you to know and allow you to get into their inner circle, if you like. And, and once you do that, you get a much better chance of helping them and, uh, and you know, fi- finding some joy and finding some light uh, and a way that they can uh, move forward. Have you, uh, this your second year at Werribee, and, yes, it's an interrupted second year, but have you seen a change in that relationship between your first and your second? You've got a young group, you're not affiliated with an AFL club, so there's a, it brings different challenges to that club, uh, as we know. But what have you noticed difference in your players from you know, now, 2020 versus 2019, in your relationship and your connection? Well... You know, as you know, Shane, most people think I'm very, very scary, and uh, until they know me, they they uh, probably uh, fear fear me more than most. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it takes some time. They they understand that I have great knowledge. They understand that I want the absolute best from them and the best from the group, uh, but they don't quite understand how much I care for them and uh, and what I'll do and the the. the the, you know the links I'll go to to make sure that every time they come to training they know that the, there's a caring environment. You know we uh, we did a lot of um, uh, you know cultural stuff and, uh, and talking team values uh, where we come up with uh, you know we had all all the uh, components of the club, all the workers, all the coaches, all the players, all the board, all the staff, uh, all the trainers, and you know we come up with the words of. Um, uh, community uh, driven and care and uh, you know we, we live by them all the time we, we've got them displayed everywhere uh, but uh, you know words on a wall mean nothing to me unless I see it so you know you just spend a lot of time taking photos and videos and posting them and, and highlighting and celebrating them and rewarding them in regard to uh, uh, those particular aspects of the game and uh, of their, of their uh, the way that they carry themselves around the place you know, making sure that you know uh, the bloke that's sweeping up the uh, uh, the, the uh, dirt off the boots is getting recognition as much as uh, the player that's kicked the winning goal. So, yep. um, you know, we spend a lot of time on that. Um, we want to make sure that when they come to training, they have fun as well. You know, uh, I understand that. You know, being a teacher, you know, um, uh, it can get really boring in the worst. Uh, you know, the worst subjects, uh, you know, the subjects I hated were the ones that were boring and uh, probably the teacher didn't go out of their way to, to uh, bring any inspiration, just, uh, you know, open the books and away we go type thing. And uh, so, uh, you know, at different times, we, you know, we, we all play different sports. We uh, we won't train at all. We'll have coffee night. We'll uh, just sit and talk about how things are going. You know, all of these aspects um, uh, bring... Uh, you know, for, for the bit of care, it, it starts to tick boxes and open minds. Uh, yep, it's true. It's not like he just says it, he actually does it. And, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, that, that's uh, what you need to continually do. So to answer your question now, Shane, um, 
So that I'm starting from a position uh, uh, much closer to the players now. Uh, you know, back uh, were we any good? You know, I, I can recall people uh, doubting that we're going to win too many games. Uh, you know, doubting um, you know why we're we doing this and why we're we doing that. But you know, now they're, they're fully invested, and you know, there's a lot of confidence in the group. Um, you know, towards the end of the year, we got five in the best uh, in the uh, team of the year. Uh, we got the guy that won the uh, the listing trophy, the best and fairest, and we got a guy that won the rising star. And, uh, you know, it was pretty successful. Um, not like you, Shane, that every time you turn up, you win up the premiership. But, uh, you know, we, kept, we come fifth and we lost by three points um, in the final. Um, so, you know, we were kind of close and uh, the, the boys have kind of... Uh, open their eyes to the opportunities or the uh, the possibilities, and so that's why they're really looking forward to the year. Um, Mark, we're, we're, Shane's actually in the fetal position underneath the table that we're um, we're conducting this interview on, so we'll have to pick him up after after some of that sledging. But can I just ask you, like, what things would you have used most from your past experiences to to tap into those guys that were a new group, and how different was that for them compared to perhaps? Um, not having been exposed to someone as professional with some of the experiences that you've had um, from your AFL days particularly? Um, well, I am pedantic on things. I, I want things to be perfect. And uh, so I, I will show them, uh, you know, what the best people do. Uh, I'll talk to all our trainers, all our doctors, all our physios, all our uh, coaches in regard to this is best practice. Uh, let's have a look at it. And I'll hold their hand for a short period of time, make sure that they understand that uh, this is the standard that we uh, were setting. Um, the idea of being driven as a group, you need to see them uh, look forward to innovation and, uh, and uh, opportunity and uh, what else can we do. And uh, certainly don't be satisfied that if a player has got to a particular uh, level, what else can we do to, uh, uh, to inspire them, to motivate them, and to find a way that uh, where they might feel like they're stuck and that's about the best they can be, uh, can we find something else? And, uh, you know, quite often I think coaching and uh, in business, you know, uh, uh, the boss or whoever blames the, um, the people underneath saying, well, they're not quite up to it, but maybe it's uh, the environment that we set and what we, uh, how, how we inspire and uh, the opportunities we give people to, uh, to grow uh, themselves and the pathway we actually show them because, you know, I, I can recall with Dustin, if you like, um, you know, when I first went to, to Richmond, honestly, I wouldn't have had a clue who Dustin Martin was and um, obviously a, a bright young star but uh, a bit wayward and uh, for, for them to give me uh, the opportunity to, uh, to help him uh, was was wonderful, but it had to build the uh, build the uh, the trust uh, and belief uh, amongst the, uh, ourselves. And then once uh, you know, you know, I, I had that connection with Dustin. And then to uh, just put the little carrot in front of his nose in regards to what else can you do? Oh yeah, that's pretty good. But what else can we do? And keep looking for the next standard, the next step up the ladder, and. Uh, you know, I've been uh, completely proud of that. how both on the field and off the field he's uh, developed into a wonderful man and, and uh, you know, inspiring to so many uh, so many people. It's one of the key things that you've just mentioned, and I'll put it into a couple of words, is, is that ability to adapt. And in an AFL that environment... Was than, that was more than a couple of words. Are you going to be able to adapt in this interview, Shane, now to, to this? Well, you know, if you say two things, make sure it's two. Well, if you let me finish, well, I'll be able to actually do that, right? So, it's going to be a paragraph. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. <laughs> no, it's not really. Well, geez, you must this have been is, a, this a is, handful of stuff. This, of this, this ever, is fine, ever, right? Ever question what you're saying. So the ability to adapt... Aren't we, aren't we allowed to do that? No. <laughs> question. You're right, Shane. Thank you very much. I'm always right. I'm always right. Do you blokes remember or ever see a photo of Shane with his beard? I'll show I'll show it to him shortly. All right. So one of the key things one of the key things as a coach is obviously you you've mentioned Dusty, but I'm sure you've done that to all the players that you've been involved with over, you know, 25, 30 years as a coach, is teaching the ability to adapt because the environment's always changing. So 
there's a there's a level of resilience that's required for that. How do you actually bring that to their their attention? What do you do? It's not just words, I'd imagine, but what is this, what is the innate skill that you have as a successful coach and a people's person that gives you that ability to actually get the best out of people? Yeah, well, all these little little bits that I'm talking about, coffees, go to the movies, have some fun with them, take them surfing, all of these things have got nothing to do with winning a game, but they've got everything to do with uh, building connection with players. And once you've got that, then then you can talk to them about bad times and you can talk to them about you know having bad games and laugh off. Find find something that they can um, they can go. Oh yeah, that wasn't as bad as I thought, and and help them find a way to uh, to get back to form. And uh, and uh, you know, as you said, it's easy to talk about Dustin, but I could talk about bloody Dan Butler. You know, Dan Butler. Everyone's talking about him now. He and I are still connected. We still uh, text each other after each of the games, and uh, I'm so proud of what he's he's doing right now. And you know, I would think that Dan was almost the worst kick I've ever seen. And uh, he was he was on the uh, the skids at uh, at Richmond at a particular time, and he um, he listened to the feedback. He then said, "Right, can you help me?" And uh, have an open mind to it. Uh, the challenge of can I help this bloke get somewhere? It, it was just fantastic, and uh, you know uh, to see what he's done. He came eighth in the uh, best of Ferris and kicked thirty goals in the Premiership year. From the, the base of being the uh, you know the, the least likely to stay on the list, um, I don't know two thousand and sixteen probably. So um, it's it's a wonderful story. Now he, you know he's discarded from uh, from Richmond and uh, he's out there showing St Kilda what he can do and he's got plenty of um, you know blue sky in front of him and that's a, that's the thing you get so much joy out of the young or the um, the, the ones that are, are picked lower down the um, uh, the draft where people don't have high expectations for them and and why not because there's so many people that have um, uh, you know uh, become all Australian captains uh, Brownlow medalists you know was a rookie and all, all of these things happen and uh, to be able to provide those uh, examples to young players and get them to um, uh, you know uh, see uh, you know why can't it be me as well uh, I can hold your hand and I'm going to help you and we're going to find some uh, solutions to the problems uh, it's amazing how they uh, how they jump on board and how far they can go and what about from how have you evolved as a coach? Like so, in an environment like Werribee, or even at, through your journey in the AFL, um, what what sort of feedback mechanisms have you put in place to to, to I guess get some of that um, three sixty degree feedback from your players or from uh, support staff that you would utilise? Um, so to show how you've evolved as as a coach over the time. Yeah, no, see, the difficult thing for me is, uh, you know, when you're a teacher, you learn for four years about getting feedback, adjusting, um, uh, you know, being in a staff room where you, you have a hierarchy there and how you have to work with different people and how you have to listen and who's the boss and who's not and uh, bring up your ideas and throw ideas in amongst the group and all of these things and then you teach for 10 years and you have so many experiences that people now and just now are working out, gee, the things that teachers learn over those years and years and years of doing it, um, people are, are saying that they're remarkable, they're new. Oh, we went to Harvard. Oh, well, good work. Uh, I, I look at it with a bit of cynicism thinking, yeah, well, you know, imagine doing that for 16 years uh, and then going to Harvard, um, how much more you get. And the, the, the fact for me is uh, certainly uh, people, uh, players want to be more uh, heard more uh, than they have in the past. But the facts of the matter are you take notice of people, you listen to people, but you don't have to act on everything people say just because they said it. Because um, when, you, when you, uh, you look for advice, you have to get it from experts. Because if you base your opinion on expert opinion, you're going to get somewhere and you're going to make a massive difference. If you base it on inexperience, just because they are there and you give them an opportunity, uh, then you're going to um, you know, throw your business under a bus. So, Mark, um, 
I notice on your the work you're doing now with uh, champion teams, you uh, talk about setting goals, chasing them, and achieving them. Who who looks after the coach? Whether you're the D grade Amos coach who hasn't won a game, or you're the red hot favourite goes into a grand final and gets smashed. Who who's there to pick up the coach when it doesn't go to plan? Because we've got a lot of people who would listen to this who are business leaders or coaches, and I've heard people say before leadership can be a lonely place. What what's your message to leaders when it doesn't go to plan? Do you second guess yourself or do you hang in there and try and turn it around? Well, honestly, uh, you know the best leaders, without any doubt, have resilience, and uh, you, know, you need to be uh, of the bouncy type. The bouncy type, but at the same time, the, the planning and preparation that you set uh, in place in the, the first place uh, probably guards you from uh, from too many of those uh, complete uh, disasters. But it, it doesn't uh, completely. So the um, you know. The friends, the close, close confidants, the uh, you know your wife and your partner, those, those sort of people have uh, a huge influence on you and your mental state, uh, without any doubt at all. And uh, you know they they need to recognise and and, uh, and you know the you know the basic are you okay? Without any doubt uh, that it doesn't matter how big and strong and how uh, how experienced often you've been in the in the uh, in the fight. If things go poorly for you, you know you do start doubting, and you you will uh, you know revise and uh, review and uh, you know try and analyse to the nth degree to see uh, what else you could have done. And you know uh, typically, um, you know if you if you look over uh, say sport, there's so many experts who will come up with the alternative. Oh, you should have done this. Um, you were trying to kick it too many times through the midfield, uh, so you turned over the ball and you lost. Yeah, okay. So what did you want me to do? You want me to go around the outside? Okay, you went around the outside. They'll say you played too indirect. And you went around the outside, but, uh, you know, at the time when you went through the middle and you turned over and you lost by five goals, uh, the opinion to uh, to kick the ball out wide and take the ball out of the opposition's hands... Um, Oh yeah, that sounds good, and we could sell that to all the people that want to listen. Uh, yep, that's a, a feasible alternative. But the fact of the matter is, if you'd have done it, you might have lost by twenty goals. Who would have know? Uh, but it always sounds the uh, you know the opposite to what you do always sounds better, but it's not always completely correct. So, so now, do you reckon clubs are better at providing support mechanisms for the senior coach? I mean, you look at more current examples where. I mean, obviously, you work with with Damien Hardwick, and I mean, you you make reference to even the the Harvard example. I know he uh, reading some stuff about what he his journey, I guess, at the end of two thousand and sixteen, and then you know it's all all turned around. But I suspect there's a shitload more involved with with that turnaround than just going to Harvard or listening to confidants. Uh, the club being more patient. Uh, Nathan Buckley is um, being supported by Collingwood more recently when they looked at potentially. Deposing him. Do you think clubs are better at handling that now, Mark, than what they've been in the past? Yeah. Look, uh, you know, the, the use of psychologists. You know, my my sister uh, she's got a master's in psychology, which is uh, a great uh, uh, great thing for me. You know, to be able to talk through things and uh, just to be able to talk to people about how you're feeling and uh, and uh, you know, trying to play plan a path for yourself. Every person, then uh, you know, is a it is a wonderful thing to uh, to have, um, you know, something pl- plotted out in front of you. That what are my goals? What am I trying to do? What am I? Wh- where am I? Where am I at right now? And um, what what is uh, the future? Now, whether it's uh, uh, you know the successful coach or the one that's just lost, everyone everyone needs to know that someone's caring about them and thinking about them. So the idea that uh, you know you have to have a three hundred and sixty review once a year. Uh, to me, is a load of, you know, almost rubbish. Um, because feedback should be happening every day and it should be happening in a way that uh, people are continually learning so that you are changing what you're doing and what you're thinking. You know, it could be every week uh, because slight adjustments based on 
uh, fact, based on intelligence, based on expertise, based on um, looking at other alternatives, and you go, well, I might just take that little bit and add that to my little um, quiver, if you like, and you understand the analogy with your into archery. Um, but the idea that you've got more... Um, I'm quivering right now, mate. I'm quivering. Yes. Uh, last one for me, because I think Mark's been very generous of his time. We all look up to um, coaches and leaders in sport, particularly AFL, for the audience. Is there a particular current-day coach in the AFL that you look at, and you don't have to name them, but it'd be great if you would, who you say, geez, I reckon they're the standout for leadership? They may not be leading the most successful club, but is there a current-day AFL coach that you go, on all the measurements of leadership, they tick more boxes than any other? Um, uh, there seems to be a blend of coaches, you know, quite, quite a few have done exactly the you know, similar courses of, uh, you know, uh, learning, uh, similar, um, uh, I, I need to do this, go to Harvard, do this, do this, do this, tick those, tick those, tick those. So people have, you know, followed behind others. Uh, certainly Clarko was one of the, uh, the the people early. Of course, people would know there that he worked for two years under me uh, before he started at Hawthorne. Absolutely, uh, mate. That's, that's <laughs> why he's so good, Choco. Sorry, what That's why he's so good, because of you. Um, well, that's why we got you on, mate. Not particularly, um, but there's no doubt that he didn't start um, with no knowledge. He started with a lot of knowledge based on the fact that he was there for two years and he's one of the most driven people I know. He was never going to uh, stay, stand under a rock. He was going to push that uh, boulder out of the way and get to where uh, where he has got to. And, uh, you know, all credit to him. He's always searching for new ideas. He's very open to... Um, he's very uh, loyal. You know, he brings me and uh, and still includes me in the discussion uh, every now and again, which is just terrific. Um, so I, I love the idea that he... He is a uh, a little a little uh, a little man, uh, a busy ant all the time. You know, uh, what else is there? You know, the way that he's reinvented, uh, uh, you know, so many injured players like Sean Bergwijn and and uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Scully, uh, uh, a few of the other you know guys from um, Jager O'Meara, Jager O'Meara, if you like, and and, uh, Scully. and Tom Scully and whoever. You know, he's he's plucked those guys at the end of their. Uh, you know, worth to most people and made them uh, have a, a wonderful career at his club. So that, that's brilliant. He forms great relationships. He trusts, you know, so Andrew Russell, again, from Port Adelaide, came to uh, Hawthorne and stayed there for, I don't know, 12 years with him as the fitness man. That has been so important for him. So he's very loyal, uh, but he's very strategic with uh, what he does. Uh, so I, I love that about him. And, uh, you know, when... You think his side is definitely going to lose this week? They win, and that's mm. a that's a wonderful uh, ability to be able to sell that story and make his players believe and jump on board. And uh, you know, right now, as everyone uh, that knows anything about me know that I'm uh, uh, been crying from the uh, the top of the grandstands uh, about the great Jurgen Klopp and uh, the uh, the Liverpool uh, Football Club uh, winning the championship. Uh, you know, uh, this year, the league this year, uh, because I've been following him forever. And, uh, you know, uh, so what he has done, you know, obviously there's a there's a, uh, a collection of people. You have to have a wonderful medical staff. You have to have a wonderful fitness staff. You have to have a wonderful recruiting. You have to have, uh, you know, the top office of uh, your, your board and your, uh, your management they could be completely behind you and uh, and on the same page. All of these things then then uh, you know give you the best chance. And uh, if you're a great man manager, uh, you can uh, you know have a crack at it. And uh, you know I just love seeing the smiling uh, smiling face of Jurgen and uh, how Liverpool have uh, finally got there after 30 years. But uh, yeah, on Clarko, mate, these first two years was with you. So one thing I don't think people um, probably recognise or understand or aware of as well as they should be is the influence you can have on people. And when you talk about leadership, it's influencing people. And I wouldn't downplay your influence on Clarko's ability to um, look at things differently, look outside the square, introduce new things, try new things and be creative. I think what you've set um, 
I suppose, set him on the path, I reckon, to success is what you've shown him. Now, whether you're aware of it at that stage or not, I don't know. Maybe you're aware because you're pretty intelligent. But I just think we... Just on that, just on that. Uh, one of the delights that I get is to see how people shine and move on. In that, in that uh, 2004 premiership, you know, we, we had Phil Walsh, who, when I first knew him, he was a fitness coach at uh, Geelong. And, you know, well, I obviously played with him at Collingwood and then at Brisbane. We used to surf together. I said, if I ever get a job, I'm going to get you to coach. He never coached one day in his life before I got into Port Adelaide. He then became a great coach and became, a, you know, a AFL coach. What a wonderful thing. Dean Bailey, I used to coach at Glenelg. A connection we kept together. There was a lot of belief. And, again, to create the environment where we had Clarkson, Walsh, uh, Bailey, Bailey, but then Matty Primus, then then um, then uh, Damien Hardwick, and now Stuart Dew, they all come from Port Adelaide, all, and uh, it's just a great thing to think that uh, you know all of those coaches have uh, shown some uh, some degree of success. And uh, then we had Josh Carr and, uh, and Jared Schofield both win premierships in South Australia and uh, Western Australia, and you know even. Um, uh, right now, there's probably five or six others from that premiership team who are uh, senior assistant coaches like Kingsley and Wade, um, Chaplin. You know, uh, Chaplin at, uh, at, at Melbourne. And then we've got um, Josh Marnie, who's the football manager at Melbourne. So it's just amazing. Adam Kingsley. The environment that we created and the, uh, the ability for people to, to say, I understand what a great teaching environment can can deliver. So that, that's what I, I, I feel most proud of. And that's the influence you've had on many, many people, mate. So congratulations. It's been an awesome effort. I, I, I'm surprised, Mark. I, 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 this is the last one for me. I'm surprised. Um, do, you, do you see what's happening in Adelaide with the Adelaide Crows right now? Do, do you have a view on that? I mean, that could get really ugly, but do you have a level of empathy and sympathy for that club and the people that are in it now? Or is that just part of the industry we're in and everyone has a turn? You obviously don't come from Adelaide. No, I don't. But I, and I, I understand why you won't like them. <laughs> no, I was being a bit uh, smarty pants. <laughs> but, you know, if, you, if you've had anything to do with Port Adelaide, you absolutely hate the crows and couldn't care less about them. But that's not true. Uh, you know, we have, we have a great deal of respect. But, uh, you know, most people would think that uh, my first answer was the correct one. But... Um, look, Matthew Nix uh, is a nice guy. Uh, I would assume that uh, he probably needs someone that uh, has been around to uh, to assist and uh, and give him a, a bit of a sounding board. Uh, you know, it's it's a tough uh, it's a tough industry when things aren't going well in Adelaide. It's a, it's a really difficult one, as you know, ask Robert Shaw or you know uh, the guys that have been there before that. Uh, uh, you know, it is really tough. Uh, Adelaide is a, a huge club. It has great resources, and uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, uh, in time they'll they'll get it back together again. Hey, um, Mark, one one for me being the Richmond representative on this on this group of three. Um, I'm just fascinated with what's going on now with COVID nineteen. You obviously um, you spoke earlier about your time with with Hardwick. What, what do you reckon he's thinking about now? What do you reckon, if you could get inside his mind now, the challenges that, um, you know, lots of people talking down Richmond, um, what, what would your view be around what, what he's thinking about and how he's going about it? Hmm. Um, Damien is an accountant, um, and that's where he started. Um, I, uh, I've known Damien, I, I used to coach him in the, in the twos at Essendon, so I've known him for a long, long time. And... Uh, you know, he is a, an analytical animal when it comes to, uh, uh, to facts and numbers. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, from 2016, he started to change and, and become much more in regard to relationships and uh, allowing players uh, a little bit of latitude to shine. Um, I'm hoping now that they haven't... Uh, falling into the trap of working too hard on structures and uh, and setups uh, and disregarded the fact that uh, you know this particular time is so so difficult for players 
Um, how can you make them feel like they're, they're still kings of the jungle? And uh, uh, I'm I'm sure that he'll be uh, uh, you know ref- reflecting on that and getting them back to uh, uh, you know as you say Shane right at the start telling the jokes before the the start of the game. Uh, you know, maybe that worked for a couple of years. Maybe we need to change it up and do something different. But, uh, you know, last year I heard that he was giving out, you know, little little records or uh, Presents. Know, ice hockey pucks. And all, all of those things are reflective of uh, an innovative coach. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking that um, Dimmer has grown and improved so much that uh, he'll find his way out of this. And, you know, he hasn't had a... Uh, uh, you know, a, a run of losses for a long, long time, and uh, the only difficulty I suppose is going to happen is that um, some of the Victorian teams will have to uh, move out of the state, and that's uh, an unusual thing for Victorian teams to have to cope with flying very many times, or cope with uh, you know living away from home and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, it, it won't be easy, but uh, he's got some great players here, so I'm sure that they'll get back on board. Now, mate, I'm sure you want to talk about uh, you and I in our days at Collingwood. Um, it was obviously pretty pretty successful. Uh, you, were, you were my captain for four years, mate, when I was there, before you got moved on to uh, the mighty Brisbane Bears, where you finished off your career. Um, yeah. What was life for you at uh, Collingwood, your first uh, AFL club, obviously? How did you transition from the SA and FNL to, uh, to the AFL, or the VFL it was known then? And to a, such a club like Collingwood. Yeah, well, uh, it was you know such a thrill. I um, went to the Dawn Grand Final in 1977 uh, with Hawthorne, just about to sign with them when I was 17. Talking about sliding doors, I decided you know no one from Adelaide had come over at 17 at that stage to uh, to play. Um, so I went back and got my teaching degree and. Then I watched the football show and see Dermy and all those guys five day, five night. And I thought, hmm. Anyway, I uh, <laughs> I waited out and got the opportunity to come to Collingwood. It's a wonderful place. I really enjoyed every moment of it. I got to meet some wonderful people. Unfortunately, in that time, we talk about management, we talk about leadership. We had uh, six coaches in five years, which is just an absolute joke. And uh, you know, uh, as many CEOs and uh, you know presidents and you know all that stuff. So it it, it made it a difficult time, but um, still, it doesn't take away the uh, the fun and the uh, you know the great memories I have of being there and the honour of uh, you know captaining the club, seeing a guy like Shane come come through and, and you know truth be known, Shane was uh, you know, quite a, a quite. You know, introverted person uh, and being kind of, I don't know how we even got together, but uh, we've been together forever since then and uh, uh, to see how much, uh, you know, Shane grew and got to a stage where every time I looked up, he was just hitting me on the uh, chest with a beautiful pass that I could not miss and and, uh, so um, we had a fantastic relationship and and to this day, our family's still close and... um, you know, so they're that, that, that the joys that uh, football can bring and, uh, and team sport. You know, when we talk business and sport, what what uh, you know what you can get out of it. If, if you get relationships out of it and if you get lifelong friends, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. Well, I'd hate to break up the, the really nice stuff that you've both said about one another, but before we got you on, he spoke about the fact that yeah, I see here you kicked 236 goals and he's still dirty on the fact that you, you scored like at least another, what, 130, Shane, more than what, what you did over more games too. Yeah, it's true. That is true. But I hit him probably 130 well, times. Well, you just said that, mate. So you've yeah. got a lot of goal assists. Uh, absolutely. And, it, you know, the stats these of those days didn't actually indicate that. So my, uh, what are the uh, points they get for player, player points? What do they call it? Goal, goal assist. No, no, no. Fantasy, what's, what's, fantasy, uh, fantasy points. Fantasy right. points. Yeah, all that sort of stuff, mate. I'd be just, I'd be top of the tree every every game. Mm. Uh, Mark, before you go, because we've gone way over time. Before you go, seven times. I know, I know. Well, that, uh, Shane keeps jumping in and wanting to make it about him. It's not about him, it's about you. I'm a coach. Tell us about champion teams and the work you're doing there. cultural change, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, goal setting, uh, looking about resilience and, and you know, uh, trying to innovate through the through the group. You know, I use lots of sporting uh, video and it's all multi, uh, 
um, multimedia sort of stuff, the way I, I present uh, as a teacher. It's uh, it's workshops, it's, uh, you know, one-offs or it's, uh, uh, you know, I've been to uh, uh, quite a few organisations where I'm there, you know, five or six times uh, working with, uh, you know, management and, and middle management uh, right down to the, uh, you know, the, the factory workers, um, whether it's, you know, I've spent time with... Uh, you know, Peter, Peter Mac uh, Hospitals, um, uh, Deloitte, PwC, you know, Boeing, you know, it, it's terrific. I, I get the same joy out of uh, working with these guys and, and seeing them develop and uh, and see uh, the light coming in, inside them as to, uh, wow, I, I understand this better now. Um, uh, as as winning a game, and uh, it, it's a it's an amazing uh, buzz uh, when you get in the car after you've uh, been with a, a group of people, and uh, you feel like yeah, you're you're uh, completely connected with them and involved in their in development and their success. So uh, uh, it's it, it's fantastic. It's something that uh, you know I wasn't uh, you know. Uh, thinking about when I was uh, a player, but uh, certainly now as a coach, and you know, uh, basically I'm coaching. I'm coaching still, and uh, I, I love it. I also uh, you know do lots of uh, individual football stuff with one-on-one football. So you know, I have lots of kids. Whether you know, some of them are five, some of them are nine, fourteen. I have a twenty-four-year-old still trying to get drafted, uh, working one-on-one with them. And uh, you know, the organisation's called One-on-One. If you look it up, you'll mm-hmm. see my name and book me in and uh, away we go and uh, you know so I, I, I keep looking at different things and you know I invented a football called the Sharon Precision to try and help parents and, and coaches uh, 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 help people to kick better and uh, it's at 14 AFL clubs I'm you know, got a, uh, a patent on it and all that stuff with Sharon and I, I'm just so you know delighted that I could think of something new and uh, then follow it all the way through to get it uh, developed. And, you know, when I walk into Rebel stores and see them there, I think, wow, that's pretty cool. Well, mate, I can't believe you've just wrapped me up as basically the best kick in the VFL slash AFL ever, yet you haven't engaged me to help with some of the actual athletes that you're dealing with. What's going on there? We're the number one kicking side in the VFL last year, so, Shane, you can see that... uh, Obviously, the product works really well, and uh, and certainly the uh, coach knows what he's doing. So uh, answer the question, uh, watch, mate. Answer the question. So carefully over the years, um, but of course, I don't think you ever kicked seven in an AFL game, did you, Shane? <laughs> no, six, Mark. Just, you know just, that. Just drop that in. Just drop that in. <laughs> drop it in. I did it. The turtles. Oh yeah, the turtles are no good. Hey, mate, uh, look, we really appreciate your time. It's been fantastic. Uh, great listening to the impact you've had on many, many people. And and you personally, I know that uh, yeah, your resistance levels, your resilient levels, sorry, are, are extreme. And uh, certainly in today's environment, um, you know, Troy with his role with uh, the business that he manages and same with Zoran, it's um, the challenges that they face are, are some of the the uh, experiences that you've had over over many years and we appreciate it mate um hope champion teams uh, uh does really well for you um keep on coaching you're doing a great job you've been a great mate for mine for many years mate and uh and i know you've been a great mate for uh, many other people over the years so congratulations mate and again thanks for your time no worries and everyone out there uh you know, the, uh, the sun is coming up tomorrow and look forward to uh, what's new. Uh, you know, your best days are ahead of you and uh, stay safe. Good on you. Yeah, bloody star. Thanks, Thanks Choco. Thanks, Appreciate mate. your Thanks, time. Thanks, mate. See ya. Yeah, I'll send you that check. Thank you. <laughs> send me the invoice, mate. Good on you. See you, mate. Cheers, mate. Oh, he's hung up on us. <laughs> there you go. So how good was that? He was great, wasn't he? What did you take away from that? I think he provided a lot of really important insights to for people of whether involved with sport or businesses what to take out of that what to do uh, when you're faced with different challenges and you know we're all everyone in the world is faced with a, a mighty challenge with COVID-19 right now so used to as leaders of businesses what did you guys take out of it used to used to I'm not sure oh. I love you too but anyway I took out I love you all maybe not I took out of it that he's constantly looking forward He's looking forward, and um, he talks about searching for new ideas yep. and just learning late. Like, you know, that adage about you go to Harvard and learn, well, that's great, but yep. he sees more value in learning later after you've got some experience to kind of dovetail into the learning. So 
for me, the key takeaway was continue to look forward. Don't look yep. in the revision mirror. Yep. And keep looking for new ideas. I reckon the um, it's just like it's a whole of whole of club thing for him. Like in a lot of the stuff that he talks about, yeah. whether you know when he references stuff that he's learnt in the past, I, I definitely think his experience at Werribee sounds like there because I guess it's smell of the oily rag type thing, right? So you have to be more. So he spoke about community um, being driven and caring and a lot of that sort of stuff, and even what he does with his business in terms of um, those same sort of values. So uh, and if you're going to be a coach or a leader, this whole concept of being resilient and driven and massive work ethic. So when you talk about some of those people um, that have spawned off from, um, who've worked with him over the years, uh, it sounds like a lot of that is the same sort of thing, whether it's Clarkson, whether it's Hardwick, um, now Stewie Jew. Yeah, uh, he's been very inclusive for, for many people. I think one of the, the key words you use is, is you have to listen. It's It's a... It's a skill that some people don't actually understand. And I think as a leader or someone that's going to influence an individual or a group, uh, you need to listen. You need to listen to your people. And when you, once you listen, you open up the doors and then that, that I suppose, the level of inclusiveness just grows. And connection. I reckon that's the new word for the year. And if it's been spoken about it, I've missed it. So he's Come to the party it. late on that one, mate, but anyway... Well, I haven't been listening for a couple of years, have I? But the connection that he spoke about that existed back in, you know, 15 years ago, maybe we're talking about connection more now because of the um, COVID situation. I just think the importance of connection is, is going to come down to uh, you link it to success. Yep. It really, really will. Absolutely. It's the same when we, were t- when we asked you and Dush from the Bush asked the question around culture. I reckon that 15 years ago, all this stuff that he's referring to now, they were do- teams were doing it. It's just the way in which people talk about it. So now yeah, the fat around culture and connection and yeah. um, vulnerability and, and a lot of the things that we hear about modern management and leadership yeah. are just being spoken about differently in sporting clubs than what they have before. And the last thing I took away from it was he is concerned about Richmond. And we could have a whole session on that. But there was genuine concern in that man's voice about the Richmond Footy Club. So let's see how that goes over the next Just couple of months. Just like Queensland, Tex. They're so, very concerned with Richmond. They won't even let him in. So we need to need to wrap up this um, part two of our, of our special podcast. But not to denigrate... Uh, Glenn Nugent, but I, I, I think this is our first five-star guest to the, to the podcast. <laughs> Maybe. So, so we're going to get out to the tweeters. Sorry, Nugget. Um, so, <laughs> so we'd love to. So we love to get the feedback on on the Twitter handle at the Coach and Text. So thanks again for listening, troops, and we'll um back we'll again see next you, week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Cheers.